This is Carolina Waliki, a licensed real estate salesperson living and thriving in the city that never sleeps, New York City. Today, I'm going to be sharing the sequence of a real estate sales transaction. Thanks. All right, let's start by the beginning. You finally made up your mind that you want to purchase a home and you've been browsing listings for some time. You start and you push the button on the website that says schedule a viewing. You get contacted to what you don't know at the time, but you realize is a buyer's agent. A buyer's agent is a licensed real estate salesperson that is there to advocate for you throughout the transaction. That is your first point of contact as you start to embark on this journey. Now, speaking to your buyer's agent, you realize that you need a pre-qualification from your banking institution for the mortgage of the home you're looking to purchase. That is, assuming that you are getting a mortgage as opposed to buying it cash outright. Let's talk about your pre-approval. There are two types of documents and sometimes they're used interchangeably, although they are different. That is the pre-qualification and the pre-approval. The pre-qualification is super easy to get. You call the banking institution, tell them whatever numbers you think you have in terms of your income and liquidity, employment, all of that stuff. And then they provide you a pre-qualification. The real item you want to have is a pre-approval. On a pre-approval, on the process, you have to submit all of the documents that pertain to your income and your employment history or your actual employment status. This is the document you want because this is the document that is saying that you're actually qualified to buy. Depending upon how ready you are to actually apply and your banking institution, you should be able to receive a pre-approval definitely within the week. Some institutions work a little faster, some institutions work a little slower, but it really does depend upon how readily do you have these documents. If you have everything gathered, you download it, put it in a zip file, and then send it over to them or upload it in their portal, then that should make the work a lot easier for them to be able to pre-approve you. Do not be surprised if they continue to ask to, for a certain item or a certain line of items. They may have some figuring out to do in order to be able to give you the pre-approval, especially if your circumstances deviate a little bit from the usual or ideal scenario. From the moment you make contact with your buyer's agent, Hopefully, they will start to send you listings or you will have some listings that you want to schedule. Do keep in mind that you are going to continue everything a lot smoother if you simply allow the real estate agent to do their job and to make the appointments for you. Otherwise, if you're trying to schedule and they're trying to schedule for you, it's going to turn into a big mess. Not to mention the fact that if you contact a listing directly without mentioning your buyer's agent and your buyer's agent then tries to schedule because you sent them that listing, then this the listing agent may 
offer a little bit of resistance to your buyer's agent and not want to include them in the transaction. So it just becomes a little bit more cumbersome. So let them do their job. Hopefully they'll start to send you listings. You'll request the scheduling. You'll agree on the time and day, and then your agent will get to work. Now, let's say a week after you spoke to your new buyer's agent, you went viewing with them and found a listing that you love and found a listing that you want to put an offer in. Let's bypass the fact that your agent is going to make you a comparative market analysis to make sure your offer is where it needs to be. And let's assume the offer is accepted at terms that are beneficial to both the seller and the buyer since you both agreed on a price. Now, this is where the fun starts. Right after you have an approved offer, you have to contact your real estate lawyer. Now, make sure that it's a real estate attorney that works in the state, ideally the city where you're looking to transact. And this is simply because there are many unwritten rules or many things that the local professional will be aware of that the professional who is not local or completely imbued on the field will not know about. What will happen now is the listing agent and your buyer's agent will send what's called the deal sheet. And the deal sheet includes the seller's attorney, your attorney, the mortgage lender that you're using, and everybody's contact information that needs to be notified that we have a deal in place. What happens next is both attorneys on both the seller and the buyer side start the exchange of information in order for your attorney to be able to dissect, review, and look through all of the documents pertaining to the property that you're looking to purchase. The attorney's job, your attorney's job, is to make sure that you're making a sound investment with the purchase that you're making. And he does this by making sure that there are no liens on it, that the title is clear, and that everything is set to go. All the permits are in place if there were any renovations, and that everything was noted in the buildings department. Although I know that in some states people bypass having an attorney, and even in neighboring states or neighboring cities, people feel that they don't need an attorney. I always recommend one. In the city is needed. There are too many complexities and too many layers that I would never want my buyer to have to bypass a layer of safety in terms of the safety of their investment in order to save a couple of dollars. As this exchange of papers continue to happen, there may be some things that are revealed about the property, or there may be some extra negotiation that needs to be had. The document, the contract will start to be drafted and they will send it back and forth to be able to create the final document that you will be signing. This process usually takes about a week. It could take up to two weeks. Once they have a contract, that it has been drafted where the, both lawyers feel that everything is represented, the contract then will be passed on to you for you to sign and to put in your escrow deposit. 
the escrow deposit typically is 10% of the purchase price. Once you put pen to ink and you put money in the escrow account, then that document is sent over to the seller who will be able to sign it. Once both parties have signed the contract and the funds are in the escrow account, you have what we call an executed contract. From that point on, there may be consequences if either party decides to withdraw. I want you to pay attention and keep in mind to the fact that only when you have an executed contract are you bound. You may have an accepted offer, but until the contract is signed, neither you nor the seller is bound. That's what we always say, time is the killer of all deals. If you drag your feet signing the contract, the seller may decide to go to another buyer who's more eager to proceed. So make sure if you really want an apartment, once you have a contract, you sign it and get the deposit in escrow as soon as possible. That works for, for both the buyer and the seller. You don't want timing or for you to be dragging your feet or for the seller to be dragging his feet to make this deal die for everybody. Just like when you receive an accepted offer, you notify your lawyer. When you have an executed contract, your first phone call or con contact should be to your lender. You let them know that you are now in contract, so they start turning the wheels. Because what follows is the appraisal. The appraisal, when they are super busy, may take three weeks to be executed or maybe even a little bit longer. Ideally, it's only a couple of weeks. What the appraiser does, who is independent from the lender, and what I mean by that is, the lender does not have the direct contact of the appraiser. And the reason for this is they don't want the appraiser to be under the influence of the lender. So the appraiser is actually scheduled by an independent company. The appraiser is contacted and contracted, and then the appraiser contacts either the listing agent or the buyer's agent to find out how to access the property and to coordinate a schedule to be able to go visit the property and do the observations that they need to do in order to be able to evaluate the property. Do realize that it's always helpful for your agent to provide comps of the property in question. That may provide a little bit more insight for the appraiser to be able to arrive at the price um, that is fair for the bank or for the financial institution. Now here we're going to take two routes. And what I mean by that is you have an executed contract. And in New York, we have either condos or co-ops. Now in a condo, you may have a purchase application that is thorough, meaning that you will have to release and provide all of your financial documents, your financial history and what you own and how much money you have 
it's going to have to be revealed in both cases, condos and co-ops. Condo applications tend to be a little bit more user-friendly, so they typically require a little bit less paperwork, although it depends on the condo. Co-ops, on the other hand, tend to be really lengthy applications. Two full years of tax returns, 12 months of checking statements, six months of pay stops, and so, so forth and so on. Not to mention recommendation letters from friends, acquaintances, and employers, just to name a few. What I typically suggest for my clients is I get my hands on the purchase application, especially when it comes to a co-op, as soon as possible, even before we have an executed contract. That way I can, I can skim at the document and realize what paperwork might take a little longer. I always think that documents that are going to be provided by a third party may take a little longer. So I usually provide my clients with the email prompting them to immediately ask for recommendation letters from their acquaintances, employers, and the such, if that is what the application requires. After that, I usually outline and keep a checklist of everything else that is needed that they need to provide to me. Now, from the moment that the contract, contract is executed, we usually have 30 days to submit the application, the completed application to the managing agent who will then review it and send it to the co-op board in the in the case of a co-op board. In the case of a condo, they'll send it to a condo board. Two, one word of caution here is that the more thorough your application is, the better is being prepared the more careful you've been in terms of everything being submitted exactly like it's outlined on the application, the easier the process. There is nothing worse than submitting what you thought was a completed co-op application and then have the managing agent on the or the co-op board or the condo board be asking you for additional documents to support the information you have presented on the packet. The best thing you can do is look over that document as many times as is necessary and change and adjust what you're submitting so that way you can provide things as clear as possible so that, so that way in the receiving end, you're making their job easier, you're making their review go better, and that's going to be better for everybody. In the co-op case, once the packet has been submitted, the managing agent or the, man the management company has taken a look at it, they've run your credit, they've confirmed that the package is in its completion, then they'll send it to the co-op board. Different from the condo is that in the condo, you will not need to go through an interview process. The co-op board, on the other hand, will look at the package and then decide if they want to interview you. Once they decide if they want to interview you, you will receive a communication in which you may be invited to interview.
Now, all along through this process, the banking institution or whichever is providing your financing is working on their end to make sure that everything is lined up for you to be able to borrow the money. That means that they may continue to ask for additional paperwork or they actually may ask you also to move funds from one account to the other. Do keep in mind they will then provide you another pre-approval letter with conditions that you will have to clear before you are what we call cleared to close, which means that you are ready to close. So do you need a lot of patience, especially if you're buying a co-op, for all the paperwork that you're going to be asked and so many times that you're going to be asked to review it or to um, submit it in a slightly different way or with slight improvements. That goes for both the purchase application and the mortgage, the financing entity that's helping you with your loan. Now, once the financial institution has done your appraisal and they arrive at a value that you've agreed upon, hopefully, then everything can move forward. If, on the other hand, there is a discrepancy in terms of the price, then a conversation has to be had with what to do about that difference. If the appraisal comes back at a lower value than what you agreed to buy, then you may have to come up with the rest of the funds at the closing table. Another alternative is you may appeal or your agent may appeal the appraisal result by providing evidence of why this amount is incorrect. Back to the co-op board, once they've invited you to interview, they will usually take anywhere from 24 hours to, I just had one take a week and a half to tell my clients that they were approved. Once this condition has been fulfilled, everybody's notified, particularly the lawyer, because the lawyer is the one which arranges the closing. So what will happen is your lawyer will make sure that the financial institution is ready to move forward, whom you've kept up to date with the, prog with the progress of your purchase. He will also have to coordinate the title company, the, more, the representative from the financial institution, the seller's agent, the seller's lawyer, and everybody that needs to be present at the closing table to be able to make sure that the transaction happens smoothly. So let's recap the timeline really cleanly from beginning to end. Starting from when you find the property and you have an accepted offer, it's about a week to when you have a contract that you can sign. Then you're going to have the application for the co-op for which you will have about 30 days. Then you will have those 30 days extra in which the co-op or condo board has to be able to invite you to interview or to move on. And then you have an additional probably about two weeks at the tail end for your lawyer to be able to coordinate the closing. 
So in a long cycle, it's about three months from beginning to end, from accepted offer up until the closing that you can count it will take for a transaction to go through. I hope you found that helpful. I know sometimes people think that transactions will be a lot faster. I know there's other parts in the country where transactions are not as convoluted and when they do go a lot faster, but this is the way they go in New York City, especially in financing, if you're financing. Now, if you're buying a property all cash, you're taking a whole other layer out, but in the case of a co-op, you're really only saving yourself about two weeks. In the case of a condo, maybe you're saving yourself a little bit more, but not that much. I think the shortest amount that you can expect is probably um, two months. If it's a new development and there's barely any application and you're buying cash, then it could be as fast as two weeks. Let me know if you have any questions. Let me know if this is something that you didn't know or if there is anything that you feel I can help you with. Thank you so much for listening and I hope to see you next time. Bye.